All right, everybody, welcome to Valley Creek. We are so glad that you are here with us today. Whatever campus or location you may be at, can we just go ahead and welcome each other together for a moment? It is officially the beginning of summer. Kids are out of school. The heat is here. So welcome to summer in Texas. Buffalo, your extension site, you have the best summer of us all. But the winters are a little rough. <laughs> hey, we're really glad that you're here with us. It is the beginning of summer. And here's something I want to ask you to do real quick. If you have your cell phone, will you pull it out? I know we normally tell you to put them away. This is permission to go ahead and pull it out for a moment. And what we have is a new texting uh, solution to be able to more effectively communicate with you throughout the year. So I would love to invite you to text VCC to 313131 right now while we're sitting here. You don't have to do it. And I promise you, we're not going to overindulge you with all kinds of texts and all kinds of stuff that clutters up your phone. What we want to be able to do is just communicate the most important things that are happening around here to you at a pretty infrequent basis. I promise you, I don't like getting text messages, so I will make sure what we're sending you is something worth seeing. You can unsubscribe at any time, but basically, we all know that no one really reads email anymore as the world continues to change. And so when we wanna communicate important things to our church at large, uh, it's a struggle right now to be able to get that information all filtered out. So this is a new solution. If you've been on the old texting thing that we have, that's going away. So VCC to 313131, and basically that will just help us communicate to you, to our church family, big things that are happening uh, as we continue to move forward for all the good stuff ahead, just a simple little communication tool. So VCC 313131, when you're done, turn your phone back on silent and put it away. <laughs> that will be probably the only time I ever say pull out your phone. No, just kidding. So we would love to be able to do that with you. When you came in, you got one of these uh, summer guides. Man, we got a lot of great stuff happening at this summer at Valley Creek Church, all kinds of stuff that we just wanna inform you. We hope you'll be a part of it. We're really believing it's gonna be an amazing summer. Like we've got the shoe drive going on right now where we have the opportunity to help thousands of kids take a next step in their life as we take a next step on our journey with Jesus. And the opportunity to put shoes on thousands of kids and help them actually take a physical next step in their life as we take a spiritual next step of meeting the needs we see. As it's a huge opportunity to do that with thousands of kids. We've got Serve the City Days. We've got Hub Camp. We've got Kids Summer. All throughout the month of July, we're going to have all kinds of fun relational stuff every single weekend to connect with you and, and help you connect with one another. And so I'm really believing it's going to be a great summer here at Valley Creek. I hope you'll make it a priority. I hope you'll be here. I hope you'll enjoy engage with us. And on the weekends, you're traveling, you're out of town, you're with family. Man, join in online and watch and be a part and engage the journey that our family's going on because it's really a good year here at Valley Creek Church. Okay. So it's going to be a great summer. I believe it's going to be an awesome summer for Valley Creek. And I believe God wants you to have a great summer. And so we're going to take a pause for one week on our face-to-face -face series, which I'm really excited. It's a really good series. Kicked off awesome last week. I can't wait to see where the rest of it is going to continue to take us. We're going to jump back into that next week. I just want to do one week on the beginning of our summer. And I just want to answer one question. How do you have a life-giving summer? So all I want to do is just give you a couple thoughts on how to have a life-giving summer. And these are really simple thoughts. They kind of stand alone. I'm not gonna explain them all that much because they, they really just kind of speak for themselves. 
And these couple thoughts are the things I'm telling myself as I step into the summer. This is what I think we need to do or align our hearts to if we want to have a life-giving summer. First thing is this, be present and enjoy. If you want to have a life-giving summer, be present. You say, be present where? Anywhere you are. If you're at work, be present. If you're in church, be present. If you're in a conversation, be present. If you're at home, be present. If you're hanging out with somebody, be present. Be present. Because if we're honest, we rarely are. I don't know if you struggle with this the way that I do, but usually wherever I am, I think I should be somewhere else. Like, like when I'm hanging out with you, I think I should be working on a message. And when I'm working on a message, I think I should be spending time with my family. When I'm spending time with my family, I think I should be hanging out with the staff. When I'm spending time with the staff, I think I should be hanging out with you. It's like wherever I am, I think I should be somewhere else. And so the problem is, is you, you're not present in that moment. You're thinking about something else. You kind of have those glassy eyes and you're kind of thinking I should be here or that about this or what about here or worry and anxiety, fear, all those different kinds of things. Okay, and we miss out on life. And so as you step into this summer, just be present. God is the great I am. He's not the great I was. He's not the great I will be. He's the great I am, which means he is present in the moment. And so should you and I be. I mean, Matthew 11, listen to what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? In other words, Jesus says, hey, be present. He says, I've forgiven your past and I will take care of your future. So enjoy the moment. Be present. He said, be present and what? And enjoy. Enjoy what? Life. Enjoy that cup of coffee. Enjoy that friend. Enjoy the sunrise. Enjoy the sunset. Enjoy God. Enjoy that relationship. Enjoy the moment. Be present and enjoy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so if we're not present and not enjoying, we actually weaken ourselves. So if you want to have a life-giving summer, be present. When you're staying home, mom or dad, and you're with your kids and you want to send them back to school, school just ended, be present and enjoy. You got to go to work when someone else doesn't and you don't want to be there, be present and enjoy that you've been given a job by God to do and you have a calling. You know, I mean, just start thinking about those things. Be present and enjoy. Second thing is this, give yourself permission to rest. If you want to have a life-giving summer, give yourself a permission to rest. Everybody take a really big, deep breath. Let it out. Rest. Summers are designed for rest. Summers are a picture of the kingdom of God. Everything is vibrant. Everything is alive. Everything is fruitful. Everything is full of life. Everything is warm and vibrant. And it reminds us that when everything is like that, God is good. We are forgiven. We are loved. Everything is possible. All of a sudden you can lean back and rest. Give yourself permission to rest. Because Jesus has given you permission to rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Most of the year we're weary and burdened. He says, and I'll give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If Jesus has given you permission to rest, why won't you give yourself permission to rest? The Bible tells us he holds all things together. So just so you know, you don't actually hold your marriage together. You don't actually hold your family together. You don't actually hold your job together. You don't actually hold your finances together. You don't actually hold that thing together. You don't actually hold your calling together. We don't actually hold this church together. Jesus does. So why are we struggling so hard all the time to try to control it? I think he's saying, hey, why don't you just like chill, chill out a little bit. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do in life is have a snack and, 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 or take a, have a snack and take a nap. I said that like seven years ago. It's like the most only thing that people remember, like all the, the deep content that we've tried to give you. And that's like the number one quoted thing back to me is have a snack, take a nap. Yeah, okay. So do that. Cause it's sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can actually do. Sometimes you just have to give yourself permission to rest. You with me on that? Third thing is this invest into your relationships. Mark 12, 31 and 30 and 31, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is something about the summer that opens a unique opportunity to invest in the relationships in your life. Every summer I sit there and I like evaluate my relationships. How am I doing in my marriage? How am I doing with my kids? How am I doing with my family? How am I doing with my friends? And you look at all these relationships that we have in our lives and we realize how easy it is to take them all for granted that we're not meant to just use and pass by and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's, it's a season of investment, of taking some extra time to invest in the relationships in your life. And I think that really requires two things, time and encouragement. If you really wanna invest in the relationships in your life, it requires time. Play that extra game of basketball with your kid when you feel like you gotta go. Have that extra cup of coffee with that friend who has something to share. Uh, go on that walk with your spouse when you don't feel like it and it's 98 degrees or 103 or 110 or whatever it is. Time and then encouragement. Say the things this summer that you should be saying all year long. Say the last 10%. The last 10% of the things that are in your heart towards that person that you just never say. The I love you that I appreciate you, that I'm grateful for you, the gratitude, the celebration, the honor, the things that we should be saying throughout the year, but we're so busy we don't, say that last 10%. If you really wanna invest in relationships, it's time and encouragement. And isn't that interesting? If you wanna invest in your relationship with God, it's time and encouragement. Time and encouragement, worship. So invest in your relationships. And the last thing is this, if you want to have a life-giving summer, continue to get rooted in Jesus. Amen. You knew I was going to say that. <laughs> Our theme for the entire year is get rooted in Jesus so you can flourish in life. We're taking an entire year of going back to the basics an entire year of going back to this place where we don't just identify with Jesus, but where we actually connect to him, where we're building our lives upon him, where we're resting on, receiving from, and trusting in Jesus. And we were talking all year about how our lives and our hearts drift away from Jesus. And we identify as a Christian and we identify as if we know Jesus, but we don't actually often have a relationship with him. And so we're saying, what if we just took a whole year of our lives, one year of your life and invested it to actually getting rooted in Jesus so you're roots can go down in him so you can begin to actually flourish in life because it's deep roots that will lead to a wide life. 
And we talk about how, how we, we've been talking all year about how we get rooted in other things and those things don't deliver on what they promise. And so we're, we're dry and we're weary and we're burdened. And so we're just trying to stop and take Colossians 2, 6, and 7, our theme verse for the year. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, you received him as Lord and Savior, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Here's a question. If you've been with us all year, I challenged you to memorize that verse. Two verses, two little verses. Have you memorized that yet? Have you put that in your heart? I really, I wanted to do this, but I just don't feel like I, I have the courage to do it today. Is I wanted to be like, someone stand up and quote it for us at all the campuses. But then like my little heart would like crumble if no one could do it. So I just decided that wouldn't be the beginning of a life-giving summer for me. But... <laughs> When I say like, hey, two verses to memorize, six months have gone by, two verses, two verses. That just shows your initiative to say, Jesus, I actually want this. I actually want to get rooted in you. And we've talked about how there's five roots or five pathways of connection that actually help us connect with God. We said the first one is engage this. And this is all we're talking about all year. If so if you're new, this is where we're at. And if you've been with us, this is awesome. We were talking about engaging the scriptures, right? Not read the Bible. Because the point isn't to become religious. The point is to engage the scriptures. We don't work on the scriptures. The scriptures work on us. We hide it in our heart. It changes us from the inside out. And we don't engage the scriptures to find out what we have to do. We engage them to discover what Jesus has done. That transforms everything in my life and allows me to start flourishing and to become fruitful. And we said that if you've engaged, as you engage the scriptures, just ask the question, what is this teaching me about who I am, who God is, and what I'm created to do? And every month so far, we've given you a Rooted in Jesus reading plan, a chapter a day. And man, we've covered some cool stuff. January was a new beginning. February was miracles. Then we did the Son of Man, Jesus. And then we talked about heroes of the faith. Last month, we did Proverbs, wisdom. Now we're reading about the Psalms, the songs that we get to sing in life. By the end of the year, if you engage with us, I'm taking you through the entire massive narrative of the scriptures. One chapter a day. And the beauty is, is if you forget a month or you, st we start every month over again, one chapter to engage it in our hearts. And we talked about the second route, talk with God, prayer. We said that we get to go right into the throne room of heaven because of what Jesus has done, that prayer isn't this religious ritual. It's a conversation. It's not a last resort. It's a lifestyle that we get to talk with God and listen to his voice. And then we got to build godly relationships, which is really the tap root. If you build godly relationships, you'll do the rest of these because they'll be pulling you along and it'll be that peer accountability to say, come on, you can do it, cheering you on when you fall down. And we said that we're, we're created for godly relationships. A godly relationship is someone you talk about, learn about, and become like Jesus with. It's not grandma in another state who you can call when you have a problem. That's awesome. That's a grandma. And she does some amazing things in your life. A godly relationship is someone in this church who is on this journey with you, talking about, learning about, and becoming like Jesus so that helps you get grounded and can say the things to you that you don't want to hear. Now I'm getting fired up. I'm so tired of people saying, I have godly relationships, and then they tell them something they don't want to hear, and they're like, yeah, then I don't want to be your friend anymore. Okay, then that wasn't a godly relationship. I'm just saying, that was called you were my buddy as long as you agreed with me. No, I don't agree with you. I don't want to be your buddy. That's fine. That's a buddy. You can change buddies. A godly relationship, your roots become so intertwined, you actually can't pull apart. 
Because you say, you know what, I'm on this journey with Jesus with you and we're becoming one because Jesus says, Father, may they be one as we are one. So I can't actually walk away from you just because I disagree with you. So let's go back to engaging the scriptures, find out what truth says. And then if you tell me that that's truth and I don't see it, I need to like be open to that. Okay, that's good. That's for another day. Okay, the fourth one is meet the needs you see or serving. That serving is the pathway to greatness. That serving isn't what we do. Servant is who we are and that Jesus takes serving personally and invest your time. We said investing your time is the most important one because it requires time to engage the scriptures, talk with God, build golly relationships and meet the needs you see. And if we would just take a year to get rooted in Jesus, we will flourish in life. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. Get rooted in Jesus and he will make your path straight. You will flourish in life. And here's the deal. If you don't do these, you don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel guilty. But if you don't engage the scriptures, I promise you, your soul is hungry. And if you don't talk with God, you don't have to feel bad. I promise you, you feel lonely. And if you don't want to build godly relationships, you don't have to, but you'll feel like something is missing. And if you don't want to meet the needs you see, that's okay. You don't have to feel bad, but you'll feel purposeless because it's what you were created to do, be a servant leader. And if you don't want to invest your time, you don't have to, but you'll never live or experience the fullness of the potential that God created you to have. So here's the question. How you doing? Six months in. How we doing? It's a big question. And if you're like, bro, this is my first time. I ain't got a clue what you're talking about. I just, I just told you what we're talking about and it's okay. We've been doing this all year. I mean, if you realize it's halfway through the year, we've only done three sermon series and pretty much every one of them has been about this. Six months we've been preaching on this. So how we doing? I mean, listen to what Jesus says. Mark chapter four, you've heard this before. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell among good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then Jesus pulls his disciples away and he explains it to him. He says, don't you understand this parable? If you don't understand this parable, how are you going to get anything else? He says, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed sown along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and snatches away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among the thorns, hear the words, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things come in and choke the word out, making it fruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. It's one of the most famous parables in the Bible. And Jesus says, hey, he says, a farmer goes out and he sows the seed. He sows the word. And the cool part is the word isn't the Bible. The word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The farmer went out and scattered Jesus. The life of Jesus upon your heart. And your heart is one of four types of soils as we've gone through this year. The first one he talks about is the hard heart. 
This is the hard heart, the seed. The life of Jesus lands on your heart and because of some reason, some level of resistance, some level of pride, some level of pain or brokenness, we become hard to that truth and we don't allow the life of Jesus to really get rooted in us so it gets snatched away. The second type of soil or heart he talks about is this is the distracted heart. This is the heart that the life of Jesus gets sown on. They hear rooted in Jesus in January and get super excited and like it takes off. It's like I'm doing the rooted experience. I got the rooted plan. I got the journal. I'm like praying every day. This is awesome. And then all of a sudden, some challenges come up. Some things happen in life. Some barriers get in the way. Some rocks are in the soil that now have to be dealt with. And because we don't actually want to deal with it, we kind of start to wither and die. We got really excited, but we weren't willing to press through. And then the third type of soil he talks about is this is, the, this is the divided heart. The life of Jesus lands on their heart. It starts to get rooted, but because there's so many other things growing in their life, it chokes out the very life that God wants to do. So it looks good, but it has no fruit. Remember, activity is not an indication of fruitfulness. And sometimes our lives are so full of stuff. Yes, the life of Jesus has been planted in us, but there's no fruit above the ground because it's being choked out by all the things of the world. And he says, there's the healthy heart or the growing heart that gets rooted in Jesus, receives the life of Jesus and begins to grow and produce fruit 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. So how you doing? If you'll grab this in your summer handout, today is... Rooted checkpoint number two. Three months ago, we did rooted checkpoint number one. And I know some of you are like, are we really doing rooted checkpoint number two? The answer to that question is, yes, yes, we are. Because this is what we're doing for the whole year. And so sometimes we need to stop and actually say, okay, how are we doing? Like, here's, here's what's crazy. I'm just thinking about this as I was getting ready for this weekend. Six months have gone by. Six months of saying, this is our vision for the year. This is what we're going to do for one year. Half the year has gone. You can never get it back. So how you doing? So if you look at this card with me, here's what I want to invite you to do. Will you just check the reality of where your heart is in this season? Is it the hard heart, the distracted heart, the divided heart, or the healthy heart? And here's the deal. I'm not going to ask you to collect this. We don't want your name on it. This is for you. And you're like, I don't know. I don't really want to check one of those boxes. I really want to challenge you to check one of those boxes because humility and honesty is the beginning of breakthrough. There's something about a step of faith of actually marking, like, where's my heart? Like maybe you're sitting here and you're like, yeah, I've been here and you know what? But my heart's been hard to this whole thing. I'm actually annoyed that right now we're talking about getting rooted in Jesus. That would be box one. (laughs) But that's honesty and that's the beginning of breakthrough. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're like, man, January, February, I was killing it. Or maybe you're saying, I showed up at this church in April and man, I was loving it. And I got so excited, but I can sense myself getting distracted and starting to drift. That's, that's the second one. Or maybe you're like, man, I, 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 I know I know Jesus, but there's not a lot of fruit because I'm just so busy. That's box three. And then maybe you're starting to say, man, I'm, I'm actually seeing fruit. I'm actually seeing some growth. Check that. And here's the deal. I know some of you, you sit here and you're like, man, that's not spiritual to actually ask us, like, how are we doing? Actually, it's very spiritual. In Luke chapter nine, Jesus sends the disciples out. He gives them a command and a commission. And in Luke nine ten, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Jesus asked them to do something. 
They went and did it and then they came back and they told him about what they did with what he asked them to do. All I'm trying to get you to do is become honest with yourself and honest with God. And if you sit here and you say, okay, my, my heart's the hard one. What, what do I do? This is my heart. If I'm honest, I mark that box. What do I do? Here's it. I think you need to work on the talking with God route, the prayer route, because I think what you need to do is just start saying, hey, God, you know what? I want to be really honest. I want to confess to you that my heart is hard. Would you give me the desire to even want you? Would you put the desire within me to even want that seed to get in my life? Because if I'm honest right now, I don't really want it. That's awesome. That is the beginning of breakthrough to confess and repent and just say, Jesus, I'm not into it right now. Will you help me and watch what he'll do? I mean, listen to this, Hosea 10, 12, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will reap a harvest crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. He says, now is the time to get rooted in Jesus so you will flourish in life. Now, this summer, not the fall, not 2019, not when your kids get out of the house, not when you graduate college, not when you finally get married, not when you get that different job. Now is the time to break up that hard ground, get rooted in Jesus and flourish in life. If you're the second type of soil or you mark the second box and you're kind of distracted, you got some of these things, I think you should work on the, the, the building godly relationships route. Because here's the deal, it is really hard. It is really hard to persevere on this journey with Jesus by ourselves. We need other people to help us. I need people in my, I'm just telling you, I can't follow Jesus fully by myself. If you're like, did you just, is that okay? Yes, because I need people in my life that love me and walk with me and can encourage me when I'm down and pick me up when I'm drifting and push me when I'm going in the wrong direction and say the things to me that I don't really want to hear. And then I say, I don't want to be your buddy anymore. That's funny. You didn't get it, but that's okay. That's okay. Listen, Hebrews 12, one, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, by a bunch of other people that are sitting right now next to you, that are following Jesus by faith, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In other words, he says, there's great people sitting right here. Tell them, man, I'm struggling. I want to do it. I got excited about it, but I got some stuff, some things that I don't even know what they are. Some rocks in my heart and in my life that's not letting it grow. Will you hold me accountable? Will you call me every week and ask me how I'm doing? <laughs> You're like, I ain't doing that. I know. <laughs> and that's why we don't grow. And if you say, well, I don't know anyone in the church to do it. Every Monday morning at every campus, we have a rooted experience. You come to that one time and say to the people at your table, I need someone to hold me accountable to actually get rooted in Jesus, to move past getting excited but withering away and watch what will happen. Or maybe you're the third type and you, you got all this activity, all these things in your life, but there's no fruit. I, my encouragement to you would work on the invest your time route because at the end of the day, this is about time. It's about creating space. John 15, Jesus says that he is the vine, the father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. In other words, he says, the father wants to come into our life and create space so we can be fruitful. If you are gonna go out and plant a seed today in your backyard, you're not gonna plant it in the middle of nine other plants, are you? You're gonna create some space and make its own little spot and some nice potting soil and put it there and you're gonna protect it and watch it. 
Sometimes we just got to create some space. So if this is you, what's one thing? Not five things because you'll say it's overwhelming and you can't do it. What's one thing? One thing you could snip out of your life and prune and say, you know what? It's a distraction. You know what? It's pulling me away. You know what? It's an activity, but it's not fruitful. And I'm committing one year of my life to getting rooted in Jesus. And then maybe you're the fourth type of soil and you say, man, I'm seeing it. We've only been doing this for six months, but I'm seeing it. I'm kinder to my husband or my wife. I, I, I feel more interested in worshiping God. I, I actually am getting stuff out of my, my reading plan. I, I, I all of a sudden feel like I, I have a purpose that's bigger than myself. I don't know what it is yet, but okay, that's you. You're growing. What do you do? Focus on the meat, the needs you see root. Why? Because as you start growing fruit, that fruit's not for you. That fruit is meant to feed the world. And here's the deal. When you get rooted in Jesus and you start becoming fruitful, the moment you start handing out that fruit and you watch someone else eat of the fruit of the spirit in your life, you want to grow more. You want to go back to all the roots because all of a sudden you're like, that was awesome. I want to do that. Why? Because all of a sudden it feels like you're living out your purpose. You're living out your destiny. You're a part of something bigger than yourself. You're bringing the life of heaven to the brokenness of this world. So if that's you, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. If you're growing, the way you guard it is by giving it away. You don't try to hold on to it for yourself and say, look at my fruit. (laughs) You give it away and say, would you like to eat some of this? And then you want to grow even more of it. How you doing? How you doing? I realize a lot of times in this stuff, some of you, I think, I don't know what you, honestly, I don't know what some of you think sometimes when we do this stuff. And it's like, you push, you pull, you, I don't know. I'm trying to love you to receive the life that Jesus wants to give you. And it's investing one year of your life. You will never regret getting rooted in Jesus. I regret all the missed opportunities that I didn't get rooted in Jesus sooner. And if you're like, I just showed up, it's my first. Awesome. Start today. Start today. The most important thing you can do this summer is get rooted in Jesus. Like, we go into the summer and we're like, I want to have a vacation for my kids. I, I want to do this so I can get a promotion. I, I, I want to make sure my yard it beats everyone else's yard in the neighborhood. It's got to look awesome. We, you know, we got to do this thing. Okay, and we have all these like goals and all these things. You got to take a road trip. What, okay, all that stuff is great. It's awesome. Be present and enjoy it. God wants you to do that. But hear me. There is nothing else you can do that will have a greater impact on your future than getting rooted in Jesus this summer. Nothing. You're like, I I could go make $10 million this summer. Congratulations. That still wouldn't have more impact on your future than getting rooted in Jesus. Because it's getting rooted in Jesus that will allow you to flourish in life. Remember what we've been saying. You can't rush what God is doing, but you're going to need what God is doing for the days ahead. God wants to do something in your life that's so big that your root structure will need to be so deep to support the weight of what he wants to give to you. And that's what we're taking this year to do. Let me close with this. In Matthew 21, Jesus says this really interesting story. 
He's talking to a group of people, and he says, what do you think? He says, there was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. I think that's a profound reflection point for us halfway through the year. Jesus has come to us and said, hey, Valley Creek, I want you to get rooted in me this year. And we have one of those two hard options. One is, I will not. Back to the basics, engage the scriptures, talk with the pro, my life is busy, I got a lot of stuff to do. It just, it's a cool idea, hope the church does it, but that's not me. But then as the year goes by, all of a sudden this repentance happens and it's like, I will go. And the other heart is, yeah, yeah, rooted in Jesus, back to basics, is awesome. But then we never do it. It doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. It doesn't matter what you said to God in January or what you said to God the first week you showed up in this church about getting rooted. What matters is what are you going to do today? And if you haven't done anything for six months, here's the beauty. Don't feel bad. Just start today. When was the best time to plant? When is, when is the best time to plant a tree? No, 20 years ago. Because the tree will be rooted, it will flourish, and it will have all kinds of fruit. The second best time to plant a tree is today. When was the best time to start getting rooted in Jesus? Six months ago. Let's just go with that. Six months ago. When is the second best time? Today, today, today. Philippians 1, 6, he who began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. The very fact that you're here is because Jesus is drawing you to himself and he is saying, hey, I want to give you my life and I want you to flourish in me. So I'm inviting you to lay your life down that you may go deep with me, that you may flourish in this world. If you want to have a life-giving summer, focus on getting rooted in Jesus. It's the best thing you can do for your marriage, your kids, your friends, your finances, your hobby, your heart, your home, your, your world, your job, your destiny, your career. Shall I continue? Anything you think is important this summer, it is. And the best way you take care of it is by getting rooted in Jesus. Because then you will have the fruit of his life to offer that thing. So, Jesus, thank you for rooted checkpoint number two. Thank you that here we are halfway through the year and we are still on course with you. We are on this vision to get rooted in you that we may flourish in life. And so today, Jesus, we don't feel guilty. We don't feel ashamed. We don't feel bad. Maybe we want to be further than we are. Maybe we started and stopped. Maybe we haven't started yet. Maybe we've just come for the first time today. But Lord... Would you create within us a clean heart? Would you search us and know all the broken and painful and anxious and worrisome thoughts within us that we might lay all that down and get rooted in you 
that we may flourish in life. I speak over every person in this room that you have a divine destiny from God. It's bigger than you know. It's bigger than your dreams. God wants to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine, but because he is good and gracious and loving, he can't give it to you if your roots aren't deep enough to support it. So he's saying, come, come and follow me. Lay your life down and let me build you up. Jesus, may Valley Creek Church get rooted in you that we may flourish in life over the next six months of this year. May we give it everything that we've got. Six months, guys, six months. You say at the end of the year, does that mean our relationship with Jesus ends? No, but the season changes. This is where the favor of God is right now. Six months, can you go for it and watch what he will do? Jesus, thank you for honesty, humility. Thank you for reality. thank you for grace that forgives our yesterday and draws us into tomorrow. We need you, Jesus. We want you, Jesus. And we receive you with everything we've got. In your name we pray. Amen.